So during this portion of our service, if you're watching for the first time or you're with us for the first time, we typically spend some time um, exploring a Bible story or a theme from scripture and a lot of scripture verses. And last week is a good example of that. Last week, we explored Matthew 5, and it's the part of the Sermon on the Mount. And we looked at the, the blessed are. We, looked at, we talked about blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, which is people who have their power restrained either by themselves or because of others. They will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for things to be made right, and they will be filled. And so last week was very much a digging into the Bible and history and things like that. Um, another thing that we like to do during this time is share our faith stories. And because our stories show how we live this out, how do we live this stuff out that we learn in scripture and how does it become part of our lives? And I have with us here today, Crystal DeGrieff. Yeah, let's, she's got fangirls. <laughs> so, um, so, <laughs> so anyways, Crystal's going to share her story today. And Crystal's also an elder and leader at our church, and she also helps us all the time with production. She helps us with children's church. She's helping us in so many ways. She's such a servant, and we're so blessed by your love for us that way as well. But today, she's going to share her faith story, and it's a hard story. I mean, I was looking at it with her. We were talking about today, and I was like, I to hear it summed up like this. We A lot of us lived with Crystal through this story and to hear her sum it up was like, it was teary-eyed for me to remember what we all walk through together with her. But she has made it through <laughs> and is making it through. Yes. <laughs> and so um, we're just so blessed to have Crystal sharing with us. So thank you, Crystal. Thank you. Thank you. It's so good to yeah. love these cheerleaders up here. I take them with me everywhere I go. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm excited to share my story with you all today. Um, hopefully I'm able to convey um, what I want to convey, which is that finding hope and peace in the midst of chaos. And that's who Jesus has been to me through, through all of these hard things and all of the good things too. Um, he's been, been by my side. So um, I'll start out with um, a scripture that I feel like matches my faith journey. So um, Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm, that is my goal today is to convey how amazing God is through many hard things. Um, so um, I am a native Utah. I've lived in Utah my whole life. I am a fifth generation Utah on my dad's side of the family. Um, very strong um, LDS family dating back to Mormon pioneers. Um, I come from the line of the Christiansons, the Hansons, the Andreasons, any sons that are out there, I'm probably related in some way. <laughs> um, and, you know, they came over here from Denmark um, many generations ago. Um, I'm a third generation Utah on my mom's side. She's here today get teary-eyed because she's wonderful. Um, and she um, does have a little bit of, of Mormon history, but um, very strong Catholic mining background, um, came over here with the Kennecott 
my grandpa came over to work in the Kennecott mine many years ago. Um, so oddly enough, even though I had strong Utah roots, I was not, um, right. I mean, I was raised with some LDS belief and teaching, but I was not raised LDS. So, um, I believe I came from what I call a multi-faith, um, background, having both LDS and Catholic, um, I'd attend some LDS family baptisms and funerals and missionary farewells and things like that on my dad's side. And on my mom's side, um, I, I attended catechism and uh, learned about Jesus through um, the Catholic church. So that kind of gives my, my faith upbringing. Um, neither one of my parents really practiced their religions totally when I was um, younger um, because they were married to one another. <laughs> made it difficult um, to practice those faiths. So I, I didn't grow up um, attending uh, or being committed to one church or another, um, even though I probably spent a lot more time at the Catholic church than I did in, in the LDS church. So um, one thing that was, that was somewhat difficult because I wasn't able to be a part is that I couldn't um, really participate in either church. So um, communion holds a special place in my heart because I wasn't allowed to take that because I wasn't baptized um, growing up. And through both faiths, I learned that or I believed that um, I needed to be baptized in order to, to know Jesus. Um, and so that was something that I, I always wrestled with um, growing up is that I just wanted to be baptized in, in something so that I knew that if I died, I, I would come to know, I'd, come, I'd meet God. So um, segueing from that, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about my faith journey a little bit more. So um, I quickly learned that I didn't fit in anywhere. <laughs> I struggled growing up not knowing where I fit in. Um, and I did learn a lot about God and Jesus through catechism, um, but it didn't really sink in. Um, it was like a, I knew it, but I didn't really grasp it um, growing up. And like I said, I was really afraid of, of dying and not knowing God. Um, so this is where I like to talk about Jesus being my savior and how he came into my life as my savior. Um, my parents gave me a choice of how I wanted to believe. And so there's the scripture that in Jeremiah 29, 13, that says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Um, once I came to know the scripture, I'm like, yes, this is so true. You know, you can go try many different things, which I did, um, in college. I, my parents divorced when I was in college and I, kind of become, came to a breaking point. Um, I was pretty rebellious in college. I liked to drink a lot. Full disclosure, I was, I was not the nicest person in college. Um, uh, I apologize to any of my friends that I, <laughs> I hung out with back then. Um, I knew how to have a really good time, but I was not the nicest person. I was full of a lot of anger, a lot of rage. Um, I grew up in a home um, that my dad was an alcoholic. Um, he was a closet alcoholic. He was what I would call um, a Jack Mormon. Um, he had all the beliefs and teachings of the LDS church, but didn't practice them until I got much older. Um, it wasn't until after my parents divorced that he um, became a, a faithful member of the, the LDS church and um, practiced that. So um, as I grew up, I became more and more angry with his drinking and with his um, absence in my life. He was always there. He always provided for us. Uh, I never, you know, went hungry or went without or anything like that, but he definitely um, wouldn't come to, to family events because he was at the bar. We weren't sure if he was coming home at night or if he was going to the bar. And, you know, if I was going to 
get to go to drive to pick him up. So <laughs> um, throughout time, I, I got very, very angry. And then um, finally, when I got to college and my parents divorced, I came to a breaking point myself and said, I need something more. So I started trying many different religions. I tried yoga. I tried meditation. I tried, uh, you name it. I tried it. I wore crystals because, you know, they're cool. Um, they have a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> so I tried, I tried all of these different things. I went to, I took a world religions class. I went to all these different, um, classes. And, and finally I came to the conclusion, like, I'm just, I'm going to go back to the Catholic church. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get baptized and we're just going to work this thing out. Um, so as I started attending a few classes, um, I had a friend, um, who met me up at the U I bowled up at the U and, um, asked me to hang out and we, we hung out and he said, he, he said, you know, Hey, uh, want to, want to read this Bible? And I'm like, what? Like, I thought we were hanging out. Like, what, what do you mean? You want to read a, okay, we'll read the Bible. <laughs> uh, so he started, um, taking me down Romans road, which if any of you know what that is, um, started leading me through verses in the Bible talking about Jesus and, um, and about how he saves us. So, um, he, he, the one that Bible verse that he brought up to me was, um, Romans 10, nine through 13. And I think I have that one. Yeah. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Um, at that point, he asked me if I wanted to pray and if I wanted to confess Jesus as Lord. And I was like, yeah, like it, for the first time, all the teachings that I had learned growing up clicked. I'm like Jesus died on the cross. I didn't get that until that moment, as we were praying through those scriptures, like Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And he, and he asked me, you know, do you believe that he was raised from the dead? And I said, yeah, like it was, it was surprising to me that like how it just, it kind of clicked. It was that moment where, um, that belief that I had in my head, um, it was also in my heart and it clicked. Um, and it was at that point that I, um, I prayed and I confessed Jesus as my Lord and savior and, um, something seriously changed. I was driving home that night and I called another friend that I knew was a Christian. And I said to him, I, I don't know what just happened. I mean, I was shaking. My whole body was vibrating. I was just like, something just happened to me. I don't know. I think I got saved. And he goes, and I told him what, what had happened. And he goes, oh yeah, you got saved. <laughs> like, and I, I'm like, I don't know what that means. And he's like, well, it's good. And I'm like, yes, it's good. Like, <laughs> and you know, from that point forward, I started, you know, um, asking God to direct my life. I, I got, I got water baptized, which now, you know, we know is a, a, a profession of faith. It's not necessarily an entrance into heaven. Right. But it is a profession of faith and it's highly important. Um, it just was different than how, what I had, had grown up to believe. Um, I, you know, got baptized in the Holy spirit, um, got some deliverance, all of those good things and started, you know, walking in my, my faith journey with God. So, um, I could stop here and tell you that once that came to, you know, I came to that point where I got to know Jesus, that everything was like wonderful and perfect and all my life's problems were solved. <laughs> um, but, uh, it, it definitely, 
everything wasn't solved. We'll say that. Um, it was definitely a, a tool though. Um, well, I don't want to say that. Um, it was a, a, the beginning of having someone by my side through all the hard things. Um, so the, the scripture um, to transition into this next part is uh, John 16, 33. These things I've spoken to you in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So um, I prayed to God to direct my life, as I mentioned, and um, even who I should marry. Um, I got married. We opened a business together, quit my day job. Um, and after a few years, we started decided to start a family. And um, I became pregnant. And about halfway through my pregnancy, we decided to come to this church. So this is when I first started coming to the fellowship was when I was six months pregnant with Miss Grace. She's over here. <laughs> so, um, and, and we gave birth to Grace and um, it was, it was a delightful event. Um, she's such a blessing in my life. I love her very much. <laughs> um, but uh, I did, after she was born, I did struggle with some pretty severe postpartum depression um, to the point where I just, I, I, I called my husband and said, I, I don't want to live. I want to walk out to the door and get hit by a car and just be done. Um, it was a very dark and evil place that I was in um, and something that was very foreign to me because, you know, I had learned that I just needed to read my Bible and, and get over it. And it wasn't something that I could just read my Bible and get over. <laughs> um, it was a, it was a dark, a dark place. Um, uh, but I was able to walk through God walked me through that, um, gave me hope. And I had many friends encouraging me along the way to just continue to continue walking forward. Um, and eventually that left, um, and I was able to, you know, walk forward. So if, if you're someone who's encountering depression and darkness, keep going, <laughs> it's worth it. It's hard. It's ugly. And I don't think we can dismiss that. Um, but keep, keep going. We love you. <laughs> You are valued and loved. Um, so um, at that point, things seemed to be going pretty well. We decided to have another baby. I'm an only child. And I always wanted a sibling growing up. So decided that we would, you know, get pregnant again and have another, have another baby. And um, uh, we knew that we were having a girl. And we went in for the 20-week ultrasound where you, you know, it's, it's typically where you learn the gender. We learned a few weeks before. Um, and we went in for the, the checkup with the doctor and the ultrasound tech got this terrible look on her face and said, I'll be back. And I looked at my husband and I said, something's wrong. And he said, no, 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 it's fine. She'll be right back. I said, something's wrong. And my heart sank. She came back in only a few minutes later um, with the doctor and uh, they confirmed that there was no heartbeat and our baby was dead. That was one of the most painful, shocking moments um, that, I, that I've experienced. Um, I sat in silence thinking, what have I done wrong? What, what just happened? Why, is, why are they telling me my baby is dead? <laughs> um, we went home. We had some friends that, uh, from this community that, that surrounded us and prayed with us and um, we decided to get a second opinion, not a second opinion, and it was the same, the same answer. So um, we delivered our, our baby girl at 20 weeks old. 
She was the size of hands and had a head full of hair. We named her Jordan. Um, and it, it was difficult. <laughs> um, going through that, it was, there, there, I, I, I can't say anything more. <laughs> um, it, was, it was around Thanksgiving time. And I remember just thinking like, I, I don't know um, how to move forward. We, we looked to find out why this baby had passed away. Um, there was no, no medical reasons, um, which in some ways is, you know, bad news that there's no, no reason, but in good news was that we could try again. <laughs> and we did, um, it did take some time and some mourning, right. Um, but, uh, we, we ended up getting pregnant again and, um, I was absolutely petrified and using, not using that word lightly, like so scared because once you've gone through something like that, you don't want to lose like that again. Um, and so I continued to pray. I attended small group at the time and, um, Sharon Safink every week would pray and say, this baby's going to live and not die. This baby's going to live and not die. And I just clung on to those words. Um, and, uh, we decided to name her Zoe, um, because it means life. And I wanted to declare every single day that this baby would live and not die. Um, so, uh, On my due date, um, I had an appointment um, to check on the baby. I wasn't feeling really well that day, and um, I was stressed the entire time. Every time I had to go to the doctor's office, my heart rate would go up, and we'd be there for an hour because, you know, they I needed to calm down before they <laughs> let me go. And um, we were there, and it was just it was on on my due date, typical appointment. And the doctor came in, and there was that look again, and said, there, "There's something wrong, and you're going to have this baby right now." And we went and had, within 20 minutes, we had Zoe by emergency C-section. This entire time, I just thought, if I can just deliver this baby, everything will be okay. I'm going to hold her and it'll be, you know, all my, all my fears will go away and everything will be okay. And we'll move on. <laughs> well, um, we delivered her and we were able to take her back to the room. Everything was fine. She had swallowed some meconium. Um, and that's why she was declining, um, as we were. And so it's, it's, a total miracle that we went to the doctor that day, that the timing happened the way that it did. So, um, yeah. And now, um, I was able to hold her for a couple hours and then her oxygen started to, to decline and, um, they admitted her to the NICU and it was there that I was like, Oh man, we're, we're not through this yet. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna have to continue to battle. And it was over a week of battling. Um, every day was a new diagnosis Every day was a new, um, a new challenge that we would have to pray against, pray for, um, over and over again. The doctors would come back and be like, "Oh, that's not it," but it must be this. And then we'd pray against that, and it was just, it was just constant. But then finally, after a week of being in the NICU, if any of you have been in the NICU, God bless NICU nurses. They are some of the most amazing people on the planet. Thank you for all you do. If anybody out there is a NICU nurse listening. Um, but it's a place I don't, I don't care to have to visit. <laughs> it is a very traumatic place and God bless those babies. Um, so after we were able to bring her home, um, it was, it was such a great thing. And here she is today. This is Zoe. Um, she's healthy and good. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, we, we finally had our baby girl and we finally made it through. Um, and, uh, her middle name is JL, which, um, means mountain climber. 
and she continues to represent everything that her name means. So life and a mountain climber. She's, she's an amazing girl. So I'm grateful for her. Um, so I thought that this was incredibly difficult and triumphant time in my life. And I, I clung on to that and I had no idea how it would prepare me <laughs> for the sudden changes that were coming. Um, so this is where God, um, revealed to himself as, as my father, as God, the father in my life. Um, when Zoe was nine months old, uh, my dad unexpectedly passed away. He, um, had a heart attack on his way to, um, Wendover. He was going out there for, for work, um, and, and some play. He was out going to have lunch. Um, he was checking on some job sites and was going to have lunch and, he pulled over on the side of the road, uh, called my mom and said, I'm not feeling so well. Um, and called 911 because he, he didn't know what was going on with him. And um, by the time he was in a pretty remote place. And by the time that the, uh, the ambulance was able to get there, he, he, um, he passed away. He actually passed away in their arms. So um, he didn't make it. And that was a a very, another very difficult time um, of losing my dad. I had my Growing up, um, I didn't have the best relationship with my dad, and it wasn't until um, after I came to know Jesus and after I got married that I really started to get to know my dad. And we had just started um, having a, a great relationship. So this was really difficult for me to lose him, and I felt like it was um, unfair. <laughs> we'll say that. Um, so I, I didn't fully understand um, you know, why he, why he passed away when he did. Um, and I read the following scripture at his funeral from Isaiah 55, um, eight and nine for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways, neither are your ways. My ways declares the Lord as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Um, I held on to this as, cause I don't understand and I, I don't know if I will on this side of heaven. <laughs> uh, I do know God is good. So um, in, if you continue reading in that scripture, it says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it blood and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth and it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn brush will grow the juniper. Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. So two days after my dad passed away, we found ourselves in an ambulance. <laughs> we were taking Zoe to the hospital as she was fighting RSV. So I, I was completely numb and tired. I, I, I was exhausted. Um, I found myself planning a funeral for my dad and caring for my baby in the hospital at the same time. Uh, Zoe actually went to my dad's funeral on oxygen. We, were, we weren't sure if she was going to be able to attend or if, I, if one of us were gonna have to be able, it would have to stay home with or at the hospital with her. But fortunately she was released and we were able to take a portable oxygen oxygen tank so that she could attend the funeral. Um, uh, little did I know <laughs> um, that at the same time that my, my marriage was also unraveling. 
Um, I had I had no no clue. Um, my husband and I owned a few businesses, and we had a small staff, um, and things were really taking off. Um, on Thanksgiving that year, eight months after my dad passed away, I found out that my husband was having cheating on me with one of our employees uh, who was also married. Um, I was completely sidelined by this and had no idea that he was unhappy, um, no clue that he was having an affair. Um, I also quickly learned that he had gone back to some of his old habits, um, which resulted in a side of him that I hadn't experienced before. Um, my perception of our marriage was that we had some minor struggles, like everyday marriage, things that you wrestle through in any relationship, um, but that we had a pretty good life. Um, he was a great dad. Um, and he was very active in our girls' lives. Um, he scheduled work appointments to be home um, and spend time with us. He told me that he loved me and I believed that he meant it. Um, very few of our friends and family um, knew what was really you know, brewing inside of him. Um, in some respects, or in retrospect, you could see some signs, but he was very passionate about Jesus and very active in our church community. Um, it was shocking to say the least. <laughs> Um, when I first learned of the affair, he was very sorry and um, wanted to reconcile, but that only lasted a few weeks and he grew increasingly angry with everyone close to him. Um, he served me with divorce papers on Christmas Eve. Uh, the paper stated that I was to leave everything. He wanted the house, the business, the girls, everything. Um, he demanded that I change my name and told me that I couldn't succeed in life without his help. Um, I can't begin to describe how this impacted me. Um, a lot of prayer <laughs> in, in this way. Um, it's a pain I can't describe, and I hope no one ever um, I hope no one ever has to experience that. Um, shortly after the new year, he decided to move away to another state, and this was just the beginning of years of accusations and legal battles over the businesses and the girls. It was ugly, let's be honest. <laughs> um, it's still really ugly, if I'm being honest. Um, there were days in this moment where I wished that I could die, um, being honest with you all. <laughs> um, I would have conversations with God and say, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. This is so painful. Um, and I felt the weight of the world and deep rejection. I'd lost my father, my husband, my girl's father and the provision for our family in the span of a year. And it just kept coming. <laughs> um, I'd wake up and only have the strength to say, God, I have no idea what's coming my way today, but please just hold my hand and walk me through it because there, I knew there was nothing I could do to make it go away. And I knew I didn't understand it. And I knew I didn't have the strength on my own to fight it. So I just ask God to please just hold my hand, just be with me through it. Help me get through this every day because every day felt like a battle. Um, there's a scripture in Joshua 1.9. It says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Um, that scripture definitely represents like just clinging to him to walk through that with me. Um, it was, it was through those times that I was reminded by the Holy Spirit that I could succeed and I could make it even though I'd been told that, that that wasn't possible. So I had a college education, a great community of support, and I could get through this with God's help. 
um, I would look at my two girls and say, I need, I need to, um, I need to fight for them. I need to be strong for them. I need to be, um, everything that I can for them and God help me. <laughs> um, I was an emotional mess. I'm not here to say that there weren't days that I was, uh, it was, it was, I was a mess. Um, I say this now from a place of confidence back then, uh, there, it, it went day by day. Um, and I know I hurt a lot of people in that process. Um, I was a very, very hurt person, very lost at times. Uh, I was doing the best I could. <laughs> um, I totally misunderstood a lot of things still do. I'm sure. Um, but that's what's beautiful about God is he knows like he's not shaken by us. Right. Um, a good friend said to me, I don't understand these things. Um, but I do know that God is good. And I've clung to that. It sounds really simple, but it's true. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand so many things, but I know God's good and that his ways are maybe not our ways, but he has a good plan. <laughs> um, so a few years later, uh, our divorce was finally settled and I had possession of the house, the business, and what I cared about most, which was the girls. Um, prior to going through this, I looked at divorced people with a little bit of judgment, I will confess. Um, I honestly thought that divorce was more of a choice. Um, I thought that I had walked into my marriage and that it was bulletproof. Um, I was committed. He was my very best friend. What could go wrong? We had the same beliefs. We were, we were doing well. Um, but we live in a world where we have choices and we can choose something different at any given time. We can choose to not be in a commitment or, or whatever. So um, I will say that no one goes into a marriage to end it with divorce. Um, and to me, divorce was more painful than death. And I find that to be very true, having experienced both. <laughs> um, the rejection, the hate, the accusation that came from divorce was so painful and it impacted my family deeply. Um, I've seen the term God hates divorce uh, twisted as a means to convince people to stay in a bad relationship. And while it's true, God hates divorce. He doesn't hate divorcees. He loves people. Um, he loves people far more. Um, and he sacrificed his son for this very reason. So he knew um, we were going to screw up and be screwed up and get screwed over. <laughs> he knew we would enter commitments and change our minds. He knew we would mess up over and over again. Um, God loves my ex-husband. God loves me. So then after four years of running uh, the business on my own, it wasn't working. Again, a lot of ugly details and a lot of, uh, a lot. <laughs> um, but I decided to close the business and move on. Um, at the same time, Zoe had some medical issues um, that required multiple surgeries. Um, so I, I closed the business, um, sold my house through short sale because I couldn't afford it, the payment. Um, and I moved in with my mom. Um, I didn't have a job and I was back in the house um, that I grew up in with my two young girls. Um, it was humbling and somewhat discouraging but what I ended up discovering through that process was far more precious than my pride um, or anything else. Um, in Exodus 14, 14, it says, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Um, I'm grateful for the time um, that we, we spent living with my mom because my girls became super, super close with their grandma. And it was just a time for me to breathe a little bit and, and be able to relax and find that, that peace that I needed to find in the middle of all the chaos 
Um, in 1 Samuel 2, it's, um, it's from the prayer of Hannah, which is my grandmother's name. <laughs> um, God brings death and God brings life, brings down to the grave and raises up. God brings poverty and God brings wealth. He lowers, he also lifts up. He puts poor people on their feet again. He rekindles burnt out lives with fresh hope, restoring dig dignity and respect to their lives, a place in the sun. So um, moving forward, um, this is where God really started transforming in my life. I, um, I landed a new job and started my, my current career. Um, I had health insurance and a paycheck, <laughs> um, but most importantly paid holidays. It was a new thing. We always worked holidays when I owned a business. Um, I eventually had to file for bankruptcy um, for various reasons. And that was another humbling and painful moment. Um, but uh, God did provide for us over and over again. I clipped coupons to be able to afford groceries and I would budget my money super tight. I had no, I had no extra um, and it would never fail. Some random person that knew someone from somewhere would show up with a bag of groceries. And literally that was life giving, like it just sustained me through because you know that, you know, $50 that I was going to go spend on groceries that I didn't have to spend on groceries. I could hang on to for, you know, the, the things that pop up, you know, school supplies and you know, secret Santa gifts at school that the girls would need to participate in just the little minor things. Um, my, the grandparents provided for Christmas for us through that time, but, and it was really difficult, but God provided over and over again, um, for us. Um, and I learned to appreciate things that I didn't appreciate before. It's the little things, um, and, and learning to be grateful for what you have, not what you don't have. Um, I feel like that was a key, um, a key tool that God gave me during that time is I would look and be like, there's a rainbow in the soap bubble. Like that's amazing. And I have air in my lungs. Like, that's amazing. You know, finding those things that I could hold on to because there was so much hard. Uh, I didn't, uh, there's more detail to what I'm sharing. Um, it was so hard. And being able to find what to be grateful for really sustained me through that. Um, it definitely produced a miracle in my heart and my life. Um, I now own my own home. I just purchased a new car. I paid my car off and purchased a new car. Um, my girls are healthy. My girls are active in their schools. They're doing really well. Like we are, we're in a place um, right now where things are, things are great. So um, I just, I, I want you to hear that God has been faithful to us. And even though it's been hard, um, he's, he's taken us through and he's been there with us the entire way. Um, when you hear God, when you hear someone say it's worth the fight, um, it's true. <laughs> it's worth it when you have God cheering you on. Um, he cheers me on every day. He is a good, good father. Um, he's shown me that he is truly a father to the fatherless and a husband to the widow. Um, Psalm 68, five through six says, a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. So God, I want you to know God sees you in the same way. He's no respecter of persons um, for there's no partiality with God. It says that in Romans, um, what he's done for me, he does for everyone. Maybe you're not going through the same things that I've gone through, or, you know, maybe, maybe even more intense things. Um, but God cares deeply about you. Um, 
So a few things that I've learned real quick. God is my vindicator. I don't need to execute justice on anyone. <laughs> he, um, he fights for me and he has the best plan for me. I've, I've learned, um, I just need to put it in his hands and take action when he leads me to. Um, but the, he is my, he is my vindicator. Um, that there's peace and hope in the middle of chaos. Um, experienced a lot of chaos and, um, God is our peace and our hope in the middle of the storm. Um, and he will continue, uh, to, to walk with us through that, um, and my favorite scripture, scripture, First Thessalonians five eighteen, in everything give thanks. <laughs> um, there's a, a book that I read. Um, uh, by the way, my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving, um, because of the idea of gathering together with family and being grateful. Um, that's that's what I love about Thanksgiving. And um, most of the difficult events in my life happened on Thanksgiving. Um, and then when I started my new job, um, my, one of my first paid holidays was Thanksgiving. And I remember sitting there thinking like, we've made it, <laughs> this is good. Like I can actually be at peace on Thanksgiving. Um, and, um, I, I, like I mentioned before, just the opportunity to be grateful. A few years ago, I read a book by Ann Voskamp called, um, 1000 gifts. Um, there's a, there's a picture of it. Um, she talks about counting your blessings and the thousand gifts are counting your gifts. Um, it's a powerful book, packed full of scripture, packed full of good, just good advice to get you through. She has gone through some amazing, diff amazingly difficult things in her life that she talks about in the book and how being grateful has helped her push through. Um, and I, I clung on to that book when I started reading it and started counting my gifts. Um, so, um, it's, it's definitely perspective changing. So I have a surprise. Is there anyone here that would like a copy of the 1000 gifts book? Because we have a couple to give out. Um, I found it to be such a helpful tool. And if you're going through something, um, you don't have to raise your hand right now, unless you want to, but come see me after we have a couple, a few copies, um, that we want to give out to anyone. Um, I have my copy with me and, um, you know, I mean, the Bible is definitely, my number one source, but this is another really great tool in my toolkit that God provided. Um, I'm being grateful for the little things, the big things for all things, um, even the hard things. <laughs> so um, with that, I just, um, just want to pray for us um, in summary today. Um, I talked about my coming to know Jesus um, and how that was life uh, changing and transformative. If, if you don't know Jesus, um, you know, please, please reach out to a friend. Please reach out to someone here. I know we have um, a prayer channel that you can reach out to. Happy to pray for you, um, help you to know who, who Jesus is. Um, and if you're going through something hard, keep going. He's in it with you. It might be in ways that you don't recognize. He came into my life in ways that I didn't recognize, but he's with you and he's there to walk through you. Keep going. He's there and know that he has good plans for all of us. And I just thank you, God. I thank you for everyone here today. I pray that you will bless them. I pray that you will give them peace and hope in the middle of any chaos that they are experiencing, God. I thank you for your faithfulness to me and to my family. And I thank you that you are our father, you are our savior, and you are our friend. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Crystal. Uh, we share these stories. There's a scripture reference that we like to refer to. It's um, in the book of Revelation. It says, we overcome by the word of the, or the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And um, we've done that today. We've taken communion together to remember Jesus's blood. And then we um, have told stories and we want to be a community where we tell real, honest stories about what it means to be following Jesus, what it means to journey with Jesus and his people. And so we really appreciate your vulnerability and honesty. And we pray that for if you're here and hearing these stories, it encourages you, maybe I'm divorced, or I've lost a child, or I filed bankruptcy, or I've lost a business. Whatever it is, Jesus invites you to come to the table and be on a journey with him. And so that's what we hope and pray that you receive and you're here with us. So thank you, Crystal. God bless you all. Go in the peace and the joy of the Lord. And if you'd like prayer, we also have a table over here. If you're here in person and um, you don't know who to pray with, we have a table over here of people who are ready to meet you. So God bless you all. <laughs>